What's up, peeps? My name's Jeff, and you're listening to Jeff Relax Man, the podcast where you Brits get to learn about the commotions of Zimbabwe. Yes, that is in Africa. No, it's not South Africa. And for the Zimbos listening, you guys get a taste of England life, where, believe it or not, everything actually works here. Join me as I navigate life as a homo, sapien, because I'm not gay. You're all gay. Lol. Alright, what is up, people? My name's Jeff, and this is the first episode of the Jeff Relaxman podcast. I must say, I'm a little bit nervous, but this is exciting. Um... So, I grew up in Zimbabwe, I moved over to England in 2015, and not gonna lie, it was probably one of the best decisions me and my family have ever made. As much as I loved Zim, England's just great, it's nice, everything works here, um, everything's, I don't want to say easy, like in terms of, you know, it's so easy, but as in, you can just get the bus into town and get a train to across the country you can everything works whereas in Zem there's no public transport you've got to get driven everywhere obviously I was a kid when I was there so I had to get driven everywhere by the driver or by my parents um we did have a little motorbike tiny one which me and my brother used to ride to a few of our friends houses and their farms and stuff which was good fun but you know, it was a, just a bit of a struggle there. Wasn't wasn't loving it too much. But for today's episode, we are going to start with the a couple stories from Zimbabwe, then a couple stories from England, and then we're going to get into the questions of the week. So stay tuned. I'll be looking forward to it because I am. Got some good stories for you guys. The first one. This is actually a true story. It happened to my cousins. They just got a brand new puppy. This was on their farm in Zim. It was quite late one evening. It's around 9, 10 o'clock. Kids were in bed and their dad heard the puppy barking. And out of nowhere, silence. Barking to nothing. So he got up, went outside. You know, let me just check what's going on. Make sure everything's okay. Dog was outside. Got a little torch. And he was shining it around the garden, but couldn't find anything. So he like, was looking, looking, heard some rustling and some leaves to the left of him. And there, in the middle of the spotlight, was this three-meter-long python with this puppy's back leg sticking out of its mouth. Like, what the fuck? What do you do? He was like, shit. So he ran out, ran outside, called Jade, his wife. And he started to uncoil this python from around this little Jack Russell puppy. As he was uncoiling it, it spat the dog out. He was like, shit, what's going on? Spat the dog out. The mom runs over. And she starts giving this dog mouth to mouth, like CPR, pumping its chest, trying to bring it back to life. Because at this point, it'd be in a couple minutes in the snake's mouth and it was it was dead. Um, so she's been going at it for a couple minutes like stressing, like in tears that this dog is about to, it's done. Like how are they going to tell the kids? Somehow miraculously brings this dog back to life. And yeah, they released the snake back into a nature reserve. Pythons are one of Zimbabwe's national animals. So you're not allowed to harm them. It's illegal to kill them. So you've got to be respectful of that. The dog's legs 
his back legs were paralyzed for about two weeks before I started to gain feeling in them again. I was able to walk around, start running. Yeah, quite a crazy story. The dog does have severe anxiety and separation issues. Like, it just cries all the time. But wouldn't you? Like, to be fair, if that happened to you, the trauma you would have to go through, they should have got that dog some therapy or something, because what the fuck? (laughs) That actually reminds me of a story of mine in Zim. So I'm going to do a story from the public and then one of my own stories. I was a kid, about 9 or 10, still living in Zem. My dad got home from work one afternoon with this dead snake in the back of his car. It was a black mamba. And if you know, they are one of the deadliest snakes in the world. Like, the deadliest. You do not fuck with these things because they will kill you in like a matter of minutes. Like this, even in Zem or even in England, the ambulance is not getting to you in time if this thing bites you. So me being me, I thought I was the Steve Owen, you know, bush boy, trying to be all cool. I was playing with it in the garden, pretending to sneak up on it, grabbing it by its tail, like flinging it around, throwing it, acting all cool. And mid doing all this, my mom comes, you know, comes outside and she just calls for me, you know, like, guy up, you know, come up, I need to talk to you. And I get such a fright that I throw this snake up in the air and turn around to like look at and it lands on my shoulder. At this point, I absolutely shit myself and just burst into tears because I know what this snake is all about and how deadly it is. And in my 10-year-old brain, all I could think, oh my God, what if, you know, its fang had just somehow mouth open, like pierced my skin and injected me with its venom. Obviously, I'm not entirely sure how it works, if that is possible, if they can still inject their venom if they're dead. But at 10 years old, that was possible, and I was going to die if that had happened. So, traumatized. My mom literally just ran over and just hugged me, because she just saw like how hysterical I was after that. Safe to say, I never played with a snake again. Yeah, put it straight in the bin. If there's anyone from Zoom listening, please check out the Instagram and just keep sending in your stories. I love telling them. It's got so many good ones. And the questions of the week will obviously be up every week. So send them in. Looking forward to it. So the next segment is stories from England. This one was a party that my friend Julie had in high school. Her parents had gone away for the weekend and she was like, yeah, fuck it, why not? You know what, let's have a party. Don't tell them, like, they, they'll never know, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> so we all come on for this party after school on Friday. About 60 people show up. The night is good. Everyone's drinking, dancing, music, good vibes. And out of nowhere, the power goes out. Pitch black, no music, everyone just silent. Like, what the fuck has just happened? So her younger sister, Mal, goes out to the driveway to call her dad. Dad, the power's gone out. You know, me and Julie were just here, a couple of friends, we were watching a movie, having a little movie night, popcorn, you know. And he's like, okay, go to the kitchen. The cupboard on the left of the stove or oven or whatever is the, the mains, like the fuse box for the house. 
She's like, okay. And she like stomps on the stones in the driveway and pretends to walk to the kitchen. <laughs> and he's like, are you there? She's like, yeah, I'm there. He's like, okay, you see the light switch? The one, the switch that says lights and power? Just flick those back up and it should come back on. So what she does, I don't know why she did this. She bangs on the mailbox like three times, just poof, poof, poof. And he's like, did it work? And she's like, yeah, it worked. Thank you. And just hangs up the phone on him. Like, you say, what the fuck? You just hung up on me. That just bangs on the mailbox. Like, why would she think that would be the sound that this would make? But anyway, she runs back into the party, flips it all back on. Party continues. But that's not it. Everyone got so drunk. The next day we woke up, people were just sleeping everywhere. And we go outside and someone had put dishwasher, like fairy liquid, into the fish pond. Disclaimer, there were no fish in the fish pond. They died years ago. But we woke up and the entire garden was just a mountain of bubbles. A mountain. We were both like, how the hell are we supposed to clean this up now? <laughs> so we literally just got the hose pipe and just started spraying the entire garden, trying to pop all these bubbles. Let's just say the cleanup took a good couple hours. But obviously, like I said, the parents were never going to find out. They did. Guess who snitched? The neighbours, of course. It's just how it goes. It's like a rite of passage in some way. So her parents were absolutely fuming. I'm pretty sure she was grounded for a couple of weeks. They both were. Because this isn't the first time we had done that <laughs> i think it was like the second or third time we had thrown a party without like her parents knowing they were away so yeah that definitely caused a little bit of drama but you know it was a good memory what a great night it was everyone had fun it was lovely and that reminds me of a story about in terms of power cuts and stuff in sim we had them quite regularly and frequent sometimes lasting up to three weeks at a time of no ZESA. We call it ZESA and ZIM. It's a bit of an acronym. It stands for Zimbabwean Electricity Sometimes Available because that's literally what it was. You wouldn't get warning the power's going off. It would just go off and you would not know when it's coming back on. So most people to kind of get past this or over it had generators. Um, but times are tough. So, you know, you have to pay for a lot of fuel, money in Zen was quite hard so my parents tried to keep the generator off as often as they could but to be honest I didn't really mind it I quite enjoyed when the power went off because one of my favorite things to do as a kid I used to go get the we had a massive laundry tub for the laundry and I used to put it in front of the fire and around like you know four o'clock in the afternoon just before bath time and light the fire in the living room and I had this, I made this makeshift pot out of, I'm pretty sure it was a baked beans tin and a piece of wire. And I used to sit there for hours just boiling a baked beans tin worth of water. I must have gone through about 100 or 200 like baked bean refills just boiling this water on the fire, putting it into the tub so I could have a bar. I was so entertained. It was, it was great. I loved it. But by the time I got to bath time, like I'd fill up the, the tub, gone in there, the water was like lukewarm, obviously. 
like it had been hours of me filling up a massive tub with a baked bean tin my parents were just like you know what you do you do what you want to do <laughs> we're done with this shit <laughs> we are now gonna move on to questions of the week the first question was if you actually went and filled them out you would know so keep doing that please um, could you recount your wildest and most chaotic experience from a night out when you may have had a little bit too much to drink? We got some good responses, yeah. It was good. Um, to start us off, I was getting freaky and took it a little bit too far by letting my partner put something inside me that doesn't have a flat base. When I moved away, I could still feel the vibrating but couldn't see it in my partner's hand. Fear took over. It ended up getting stuck inside me and what went from sexy and kinky suddenly changed to terrifying with the panic of being unable to locate it. Thankfully, I was able to locate it, but at the cost of my dignity. Yikes. Firstly, stop. People need to stop putting random stuff up their butt that is not supposed to be there. See, you're saying it doesn't have a flat end. I'm trying to think what this could be because it's vibrating as well. Please do not tell me you put your toothbrush up your butt. Like, seriously. <laughs> and if you did, please tell me you at least wrapped it in a condom and then gave it a thorough bleaching afterwards, because there's no way you ever... You better not be using that toothbrush to this day. If it is a toothbrush, I'm assuming. If you're listening to this, go and just write in the anonymous thing again let us know what it was please i think we're all very curious to know this one is a little bit of a long one but bear with it is good well it was so unmemorable it was memorable one of my first nights out after turning 18 a group of us decided to book a hotel in good old chelmsford to hit the streets for a night out firstly what are you doing in chelmsford get out of there please it's just not the one all started smoothly with a few drinks in our room, followed by many, many more drinks in the spoons. If you don't know what spoons is, it is where the spoons, it is a chain of pubs in or like, yeah, pubs in Britain. They are like where you go for the cheapest drinks you'll find anywhere. It's a place you get wasted before you go out clubbing. Not the best of establishments, so I'll let you think where you will, but yeah. Bar and Beyond was calling us, so we got up and left and went there. Now here's where it gets a bit hazy. I recall being inside dancing away, taking one more shot into darkness, then nothing. Next thing I know, I'm woken up by a lovely man in paramedic gear. Who's with me? None of my friends, obviously. Where am I? God knows, but an ambulance somewhere. He quickly informs me that I was found cuddled up in a doorway under a sleeping bag. Where the sleeping bag was from is still a mystery to this day. He also alerted me that I no longer had a phone. Some say I traded my beloved phone for a homeless man's sleeping bag. It was November at 4am, so would be very valid for the warmth. And it was like midwinter here in England. <laughs> it's cold. After all the classic checkouts, I somehow managed to get them to locate my hotel and kindly they walked me wrapped up in tinfoil to my bedroom. We knocked on the door, praying that one of my friends was in there. They were. But not only were the two girls I was with staying in the room, 
So were the two men that had brought back to Shag. Oh my god. <laughs> the paramedics set me down in bed and left me to sleep next to the two shaken beds in my room. And however, it does not end here. The next morning, I awoke with severe anxiety. The realization of not having a phone came through. I didn't know what the fuck to do. My mom was gonna murder me. Me and my friends searched and found my iPhone, called the phone, did everything until I gave up and was about to cancel the phone. However, just before the cancellation went through, miraculously, my phone texted my friends. You had my phone, you ask? Well, whichever homeless man decided to swap his sleeping bag for my phone decided to sell it on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> what the fuck? Anyways... Once I returned home, my mom informed me that I managed to recite her number to whoever found me on the doorstep. Forget everything but my mom's number, apparently. And she received numerous calls at 3am, none of which she was woken up by. Let's just say I didn't see daylight for at least half a year. And rightly so. It, yeah, if that had happened to me, I would have been gone for months and months and months. My parents are so strict. She would have killed me, probably. Um, see, I don't know. Well done for finding a sleeping bag, but also what the fuck for trading your phone? Like, not not worth the trade. I'd rather die of hypothermia than lose my phone. That is the worst anxiety you can ever get. I think we all know that one. At least you were, you know, you were, you found your hotel, you went back, your friends, they got lucky too. They had a good night. You know, all's well that ends well. The Next story is finding my boyfriend passed out drunk on my car tire at 5am before he was even my boyfriend. The chaotic part is that I made him my boyfriend. Um, okay, so if this one is actually, this story is about me. I wasn't sure if I was going to admit that or not, but here we are. If you have come from the clip, then this, the clip on Instagram, then this is... A full true story. So no one really knows about this. I don't think anyone actually knows the full true story but me and my boyfriend. We all decided, me and a couple of friends decided to go out one evening. I think we were celebrating a birthday, had a couple pre-drinks and decided to get the train from Chesterford to Cambridge around 10 o'clock as we usually do. Got to Spoons, had a couple drinks. To be fair, I wasn't actually... Like disclaimer, I wasn't drinking that much. I think I'd had two or three drinks by the time we got to the club. Got to mash, which, yeah, it's not... It's fine, it's fine. I had another drink or two, and that is the last thing I remember. Apparently, I ran off, like, shortly after getting to the club. My friends couldn't find me anywhere. They somehow found me passed out in a field. I have no clue how I got there. I have no clue how they even managed to find me. So they brought me back to the club. And apparently within 10 minutes, I ran off again. And this is where I remember like a minute or two of the night. I was running down a street in Cambridge that but I had no clue where I was. Couldn't recognize the street. My phone was on literally 2% battery. I was just running, just running straight, trying to find a street that I recognized I could find my way home or back to the club. I ended up dialing 999 and calling the police to come and get me. So I'm on the phone. I'm like, please, please. I don't know where I am. I'm lost. You need to come and find me. 
you just need to come, please come now. I don't know where I am. And the person on the line literally said, you need to call a cab and hung up the phone on me. I was like, wow. Just hung up. I was, I was shocked. I was like, come on, surely this should have done something a little bit more than that. Maybe even called me a cab. So I go on my phone. I'm trying to like call a cab. My phone's at like 2%. And my friend Alessia calls me. She's like, where the fuck are you? Like, what is going on? I was like, oh my God, Alessia, please come get me. She's like, where are you? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where I am. She's like, turn your stem ups on right now and stay there. Somehow, turn my stem ups on. And within 30 seconds, my phone dies. At this point, I'm freaking out. I'm like, did she, is my stem ups going to turn off? Because my phone died. Like, what's going on? Five minutes later, I just start to walk down the road. Of course, don't take the advice and just stay where I am. So walking down the road and let's say for another five minutes later, this car drives past me and it is Alessia in a cab and she has somehow managed to find me. Hallelujah. She's with all my friends. They're all in the cab. They put me in and start driving home. We get to one of the main streets in Cambridge and I suddenly I'm like, nah, I'm not going home. I want Callum, like, I need, I need him, I just gotta be with him, I need to find him. This is my boyfriend, who I had been on two dates with, we met up twice, once on the Friday for a date, and once on the Monday for my COVID vaccine. So, we didn't know each other too well then. The cab was still moving, I'm like, stop the cab, stop the cab. They were all saying, do not stop this cab. I start opening the door, and this taxi drive up, just stops in the middle of the road. I jump out and Alessia is like, if you do not get in this cab right now, we are leaving you and you're on your own. And I looked at her and I just started running. (laughs) Oh, God. I knew roughly where Callum lived. So I knew the direction I needed to go. Let's go all the way past the station, down Mill Road. God, what felt like I'd been running for three hours it no okay it was about two hours i'd actually been walking or running for i must have because it's about a 40 minute walk directly to his house it literally felt like two hours i'm running i start to cry as i'm running down the road just bawling my eyes out there i can't i can't make it i don't know where i'm going i'm not going to get there and in my thoughts i'm like this is what i need to do you need to find a bush where no one can see you and just go to sleep and you can wake up in the morning feeling a lot better and you'll be fine. You can just get up, pretend like nothing happened and go home. I just kept running. I ran and I ran, got to near his house and there was this massive like hedge bush, like trees and stuff. And I was like, okay, you know what? Nah, that's where I'm going in. I'm pretty sure I went in and scoped it out thinking, yeah, I'm going to sleep here. And I was like, Eesh, Jeffrey, what are you doing? Come on, man. This is not right. I'm like, you're so close. Just keep going. Finally, somehow got to his house. They had a ring doorbell. I fucking rang it like five times. And I'm like, I'm so done. I ends up sitting down on his car tire in the garage. It was just like an open garage where a couple park, like public car park. Sitting there on this tire and just passing out. The worst thing is I hadn't even met his best friend yet who he lives with, Simon. Simon comes down and he just takes one look at me 
And luckily, Callum had showed me showed him a picture of me, so he knew. Okay, this is Jeff. This guy he'd been on a date or two with. What is he doing here? He's like trying to help me up into the house. I can't stand. I don't remember any of this. This is just what I've been told. I cannot stand up. And he's like, I'm not dealing with this. Goes upstairs. This is now six o'clock in the morning. Like I got there at like five, six a.m. Comes and gets Callum. He's like, your boyfriend's here. Go and get him. And Callum wakes up like, what? What the fuck? My boyfriend. And goes downstairs and sees me passed out on the floor by his car. And he's like, oh, Jeff. Literally picks me up and comes and puts me into bed. I did not wake up until 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock the next day. Even then, I couldn't even open my eyes when I woke up. Like, I was so weak, I couldn't move. I was, I felt so ill. Like I said, remember in the beginning where I said I didn't actually drink that much. I'd had a couple drinks. I should not have been that drunk. So what me and all my friends think is that I was actually spiked. That's the one and only time I ever thought, shit, no, I was definitely spiked that night. You can believe what you want, but that's what I'm putting it down to. There's no way after a couple drinks that it would have been that bad. Like, no ways. Normally, like, the next day you would wake up, you've got your your hangover, fine, you can, you, you can function. I couldn't open my eyes for another hour after I woke up. I could not function at all. So... Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the truth about that story and how it all came about. Mom, Dad, if anyone is listening to this who I know, please erase this from your mind because that is not good. Oh my God. Okay, so the next story for Drunken Nights Out is I remember bumping into my friend and his dad on a night out. My friend was absolutely out of it. He had drunk way too much and disappeared into a taxi, leaving me, my friends, and his dad. His dad was pretty drunk, as was I. Long story short, I found myself dancing with him, and he was pretty hands-on. Oh my god, this is with the dad. Obviously, story short, we kissed, and there was a picture taken and shared with his son. Oh my god. What are you doing kissing your friend's dad but also as a dad what are you doing kissing your son's friends come on man have some boundaries and some respect for yourself ish to be fair if it was a little bit of a daddy then you know fair game but otherwise no you can't do that you deserve that photo to be shared with his son i'm sorry but yeah that's wrong that's just plain wrong So the last story of the night is another one about me. Um, Probably save it for the next episode, but why not? It was after a night out in Plymouth at university. And I tend to sometimes, if I'm drunk, do a little Irish goodbye. Because I know with me and my friends, we love going out. And if one of us wants to go home, we do not let them. We just have a we're like, no, you can't leave. We, we we need you. We want you. Just stay, please. And obviously, just I'll feel bad. I'm like, okay, bye, I'll stay. So I did a little Irish goodbye. Went outside to the van of life. Can't remember if that's the one in Cambridge or the one in Plymouth. But the burger van, where I go for my standard 
cheesy chips and curry sauce after a night out. Before you say anything, do not shoot that down. Trust me, every single one of my friends, I've got to try it. That's become their new order. That is all they get. Do not underestimate it. It is insanely good. That's what I always get now and all my friends get it too. <sighs> me being in my junk state, I hate walking home. So I don't want to eat my food there or on the way. It's just, I just don't like it. I'd rather sit down at the table and eat my cheesy chips and curry sauce. So obviously I, as I do when I'm drunk, I start to run. I run home after every night out because it takes too long to walk. It's just quicker. So why not? I've got my phone in one hand and my cheesy chips and curry sauce in the other. I somehow, sprinting down the streets, trip. And do a full fucking roly-poly faceplant fall. I ended up cutting all down my hand. My elbows were grazed. Got a big graze on my face as well. But that's not the worst bit. The worst thing was that the cheesy chips and curry sauce fell out of the packaging and onto the road. I was devastated. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Oh, I'm a mega. I proceeded to get up, dust myself off, phone luckily not broken, picked up the cheesy chips and curry sauce with my bare hands off the floor, dirt and all, I put them back into the container and closed the lid and carried on running home. Oh, got home, sat at the table, opened it up and proceeded to eat the entire thing of cheesy chips and curry sauce. (laughs) Oh, it was, I, I couldn't throw that away. It is like my heaven junk food after a night out. I couldn't get rid of it. I had to eat it. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you would like to call me a minger, that is, that is fine. I've not done that since. And hopefully, hopefully I will never do that again. So please do not judge me. That has been the first episode of the Jeffrey Laxman podcast. I hope you guys have all enjoyed I don't know if you could tell, but I was quite nervous about doing this. It's just weird talking to yourself for 40 minutes. Let me know what you what you guys think. Give me some feedback. If you want more stories of that, less of that. Send in some ideas, you know. And if I like them, probably end up using them. Please, could you guys rate the podcast? Five stars, obviously. Um, like it, follow it, subscribe to it. You will find clips of the episodes on Instagram. Um, the link is in the bio if you would like to send any of your stories in. There's a new question every week or questions every week for each episode. Yeah, looking forward to releasing this actually. It's quite exciting. Um, thanks guys. Thank you for listening. Ciao, ciao, bye.